when you try me with a mediocre question, that's the result you're going to get. <laughs> uh, starting left fielder. Uh, Ichiro. No! God, please, no! No! There is some potential there if he would just, I don't know, use his brain. Um, <laughs> because, especially, I mean, come on, man. Jerry Depoto's the GM. Who the hell knows? Looking out my window and this FedEx driver just hit a tree. You are no gentleman. And neither are you. Hey guys, what's going on? And welcome to a surprise episode of the Soto Mojo podcast. This is Colby Patnode, and I am flying solo on this one, uh, mainly because it was. This is kind of an impromptu type of thing for me. wasn't planning on doing a podcast today, um, I, but I had kind of a interesting Friday night. Uh, there was I wrote an article. Um, I just put I uh, spliced together a uh, a highlight tape of DK Metcalf. If you're a Seahawks fan, you can go check that out. Um, by the time you're listening to this, I'm assuming it'll be up. Um, that is the YouTube channel is uh, Mariners Mojo. So you want to check that out. I have some Mariners stuff up there too. Um, shameless little plug there. But I worked on that tonight. Uh, I also did a lot of uh, work on our off-season plan. Uh, I tried to make as many deal as many uh, of the deals work as I could. And we're still kind of in the process of working through that. So um, it was a pretty interesting night. And on top of that, obviously, uh, being the nerd that I am, I had quite a, uh, <laughs> I had a quite a uh, interesting night in my fantasy football league. And that's how I spent most of my Friday night. So, yeah, very exciting, uh, you know, for the mid-20-year-old to spend his Friday nights uh, editing a video that nobody will watch and uh, thinking about the Seattle Mariners a lot and fantasy football at the same time. But... It is what it is, and, uh, you know, I sent out a, a, a tweet a few hours ago um, that has caused some, I don't want to say friction or, or blowback or anything like that, but it has generated uh, at least enough of a uh, thought process in my head that I wanted to get this out uh, tonight and put it up as and see maybe how these type of podcasts work. Uh, this isn't going to be a very long one. Um, you know, typically we have the one long podcast but you know in the off season maybe every once in a while we hop on the mics either myself or maybe even ty and we just kind of you know late night confession type of podcast we'll see how this works out um but i I am going to give it a shot tonight Uh, but as i said i tweeted out something a couple hours ago um, that has sparked some debate some discussion about the mariners off season Um, i'm going to read you the i'm going to read you the tweet and then we can kind of uh build on that Uh, So this is the tweet that kind of inspired everything. Uh, I tweeted, quote, The Tampa Bay Rays can put together a legit offer on Hanniger, the B-Mitch Hanniger, using only guys they need to add to their 40-man or they would lose them in the Rule 5 draft. That's damn impressive. Now, when I sent out that tweet, that was mainly about how good the Rays' farm system is and... You know, as a Mariners fan, you should probably familiarize yourself with the Rays farm system because there's a pretty good chance uh, some of those players are going to end up in your farm system, just kind of the way things work uh, with Seattle and Tampa Bay. They uh, do not struggle to make trades together. Um, What's been interesting about that is that it's really sparked some kind of debate, I guess we would say, on what to do with Mitch Haniger. Um... And so, yeah, you know, I just have a few thoughts on that. 
Um, there is, uh, you know, there were a few other tweets that kind of got things going here. Um, but I, I do want to talk about Mitch Haniger a little bit because I think it's something that we're going to talk about more in depth. But it's really hard to squeeze in this conversation into an hour-long podcast once a week. Uh, so maybe this just deserves its own little tiny uh, break that we can really, you know, dive into this. So let's start right here. Mitch Haniger, as you guys well know, Seattle Mariners right fielder turns 29 years old on December 23rd. He has three years of club control remaining. He is arbitration eligible for the first time this year. Uh, MLB Trade Rumors projects him to earn roughly $3 million in uh, 2020. Um, And I don't have to tell you guys, at $3 million, Mitch Haniger is quite a bargain. Um, Haniger was only able to play in 63 games last year. He, uh, you know, obviously the the gruesome uh, ruptured testicle injury, which hurts me to even say, uh, that certainly limited him. And then even as he was trying to rehab from that and work his way back, a back injury kind of cropped up, just ended his season very prematurely. Um, but, you know, on, on the 2019 season, you're looking at 220 batting average, 314 on base, 463 slugging. He did have 15 home runs in only 283 plate appearances, um, but the strikeouts were a major issue for him. 81 strikeouts in 246 at bats. That's not that's not good. Uh, there's just no two ways around it. That is not a good ratio, um, especially for Hanniger. Now we'll never know how he would have finished the 2019 season um, because well he didn't get to. Uh, you know, and his 2018 season was so good. It's hard to not believe that he would have, you know, somehow, some way turned this around. Uh, and I say turn this around. It's not like he was on pace to have a bad season. I mean, you're looking at roughly a 40 home run pace and, you know, 100 RBI, probably still, you know, 65, 70 walks. Um, so, I mean, that, that's a pretty solid season with his good glove in right field. Um, yeah, even a down Mitch Haniger year, it was probably still going to be worth three and a half, four wins, uh, which is a really good player. And because of this, it, it's led to this idea that the Mariners shouldn't trade Mitch Haniger uh, this offseason. And that's kind of the discussion we, we've had tonight on the Twitter account, Soto Mojo FS, if you want to follow us. Um, this idea that you can't trade Mitch Haniger because he's coming off of a down season. Um, yes and no. Uh, you, you don't want to trade Mitch Haniger just to trade him, right? We know the Mariners aren't going to do that. If they were going to do that, they would have taken that opportunity last year. They could have, you know, gotten what they could get and moved on from that, but they didn't. Uh, they genuinely see Haniger as maybe a foundational piece going forward. Um, and you're not going to force a trade this winter, even though he had a bad year. And, uh, a down year, not a bad year, a down year. Um, so you're not going to force that trade. And I don't think anybody's ever advocated for, well, not ever. People certainly think that the Mariners missed an opportunity to trade him last year. And I'm honestly here to tell you, they didn't. The Seattle Mariners did not miss a ginormous trade package by hanging on to Mitch Haniger for one additional year. They didn't. By all accounts, everything we know, the one team that seriously engaged the Mariners on Mitch Haniger last year was the Atlanta Braves. That's it. Just the Atlanta Braves. 
Now, you can argue maybe the Mariners were asking too much. It sounds like their initial ask was Mike Soroka. The Braves said no, which turned out to be a very good decision on their part. Um, then the Mariners moved to, can we talk about Kyle Wright? Can we talk about Tuki Toussaint? Um, and the answer to the, those were both no. Um, basically, the best we can piece together is it sounds like Atlanta's idea of acquiring Mitch Haniger was for players who were not going to be major league ready in 2019 and for the most part not going to be major league ready in 2020. And that is going to be a major sticking point in any Mitch Haniger trade. The Mariners do things differently here. They traded Mike Zanino. They didn't trade Zanino for prospects, right? They traded him for Malik Smith. They also got Jake Fraley, but Malik Smith. But we all know that Malik Smith was the main attraction for the Seattle Mariners in that deal, right? You look at the Gene Segura trade. Who was the big piece in that deal? J.P. Crawford, major league caliber, major league ready. Already had some seasoning even. Um, He was the main piece in that deal. You look at the James Paxson deal. They got uh, Justice Sheffield was the main target there. And Sheffield had a little bit. I think you had, what, two innings of big leagues, uh, big league uh, baseball under his belt. Uh, but he was he was close, and so was Eric Swanson, who was the second piece, and both, you know, threw a rather significant amount uh, for the Mariners. So, you know, you start looking at all these deals, and they all kind of have a common denominator. Alex Colome was traded for. Major League catcher Omar Narvaez. The Mariners are prioritizing players who are close to the big leagues or already have some big league experience. So it's reasonable to expect that that is what the Mariners were looking for in a Mitch Haniger trade, and nothing came close. Nothing. We don't. May, we we don't know for sure that nobody came close. We don't, and we probably never will. But based on everything we know about the Mitch Haniger market last winter is that it was a market of one. And unlike the Gene Segura to the Phillies trade, they just didn't have the right pieces to make it happen. Um, Because we talked Gene Segura, really what happened there is Segura ended up with a market of one, the Philadelphia Phillies. Now, thankfully, you know, the Mariners really wanted J.P. Crawford. That was a guy they wanted to target from the beginning of the offseason, and it worked out. But the return for uh, Gene Segura was not as much as Mariner fans, myself included, uh, included were expecting. It was, seemed a little light. Now, at the end of the day, they did all right. They got J.P. Crawford, uh, Carlos Santana. They flipped Santana for Encarnacion and a draft pick, who ended up being Isaiah Campbell. Then they flipped Encarnacion uh, for um, Juan Thin in June. So the overall package ends up looking okay. But at the time... The Mariners couldn't get what most of us wanted for Gene Segura because there just wasn't a market aside from one team. The same thing happened from Hanniger. They just couldn't get a deal done. So, this leads a lot of people to the idea that the Mariners, um, <clears throat> the Mariners last year, they just didn't want to trade Hanniger. They didn't try hard enough. Well, you can't make a market. You know, you can't just snap your fingers and say, well, I want these five teams to be interested. If they're not, they're not. So Mitch Haniger's market last year, largely non-existent, and by all accounts, they didn't come close to trading Mitch Haniger last winter. 
well, now you throw this on there, you throw this out there to the people, and they're now saying, well, you can't trade Mitch Haniger this winter because his value is so low. Well, yes and no. Uh, is, his, is he less valuable this winter than he was last winter? Uh, in theory, he should be, right? He had a worse season. He got hurt. He has less club control than he did last winter. And he's one step closer to free agency. And he's starting to make money. Not a lot. Only $3 million this year. Uh, Mitch Haniger can run through his three years of arbitration and still be a tremendous bargain. So the money's not a huge thing, but it is a slight negative because he's starting to make money now. So by all those accounts, yes, his value should be lower. But you got to remember, again, his value, his market last year was one team. How much lower can a market go than only one team being interested? You understand what I'm saying? Is that while, yes, his overall value to the Atlanta Braves may be lower this year than last year, it's still entirely possible that more teams are interested in Mitch Haniger this offseason which makes up for the down season he had last year. Now, I don't think the Mariners' price tag on Hanniger has changed at all. I think they're going to want a major league uh, either established or a major league ready uh, you know, contributor right away and a good to great prospect in return. And are they going to get that? I don't know. I don't think they will, which is why I still think Mitch Hanniger starts 2020 with the Seattle Mariners. But is it outside of the realm of possibility? That all of a sudden, a team who wouldn't be a, wouldn't have been interested last year, like the Cincinnati Reds, they want to compete. They're looking for outfield bats, preferably ones who can play center field. Mitch Haniger can play center field. He's not great out there, but he can do it. He's a right-handed bat, a very good one. Cincinnati doesn't have you know deep pockets. Mitch Haniger is a good value for them. Right, so if Cincinnati's interested, if Atlanta's still interested, if Tampa, what if Tampa Bay's interested? The Boston Red Sox, the Red Sox are cutting payroll, but they still want to remain competitive. How do you do that? Well, you go out and you get a player like Mitch Haniger, a good player who's not making near what he should, and you roll with that. And I'm not saying any of those teams will be interested. I don't know. I don't. If I knew, I would tell you guys. Trust me. But I don't know. But I hope you I hope you can understand what I'm saying with that, right? Mitch Haniger, in theory, his market should be his value should be lower than it was last year. But when you, the market is what the market is, and you can get what the market's willing to give you. And if your market is one team, you're not going to get your asking price. It's very simple. If you're selling a house and you have one offer and the other the other potential buyers know that you only have one offer, you're probably not going to get your asking price on that house. Teams will say, well, I know that there's only one other team interested. We're not going to get into a bidding war with one other person. That doesn't make sense for us. We can wait you out. And that's what the Atlanta Braves tried to do. The Seattle Mariners said, no, thank you. And that's how Mitch Haniger started 2019 with the Mariners. So just understand that when we say 
his value can't be any lower than it was last year, or it can't be higher than it was last year, I should say. Ask yourself, well, how many teams are going to be interested in Hanniger this year? And by the way, they're probably thinking right along with you, well, Hanniger's coming off of an injured season. He wasn't that great when he was healthy. Uh, you know, he's got three years left of club control. Maybe the Mariners asking price has gone down. Maybe we should engage. Maybe we should talk. Maybe we should open a dialogue with the, the Mariners and see what they want for Mitch Hanniger this winter. And just the fact that there's more teams that are going to be willing to engage in Mitch Hanniger may increase his overall value, uh, you know, in the market. That being said, again, I, I keep reiterating this because I think it's important to know where I stand on this. I think Mitch Haniger is going to start the 2020 season with the Seattle Mariners. If I had to lay odds on it, I'd say probably 75% he starts the year with the Mariners. I feel pretty confident that he's going to. But if you know somebody who is telling you that the Mariners cannot even shop Mitch Haniger, they'd be foolish to do so. They should wait until July when his value goes back up, and they can do it then. I just ask the question, why? Why do they have to wait until his value might go up? We don't know that it goes up. We sit here and say, well, Haniger will come back next year and he'll be fine. What if the back issue lingers? What if the strikeouts persist? Those are legitimate questions. And if he comes out next year in July and he struggles like he did this July, his value is going to go down because you'll have three fewer months of club control and then you start to have a pattern. If he comes out in the next 60 games last or he comes out in the next 60 games next year and he did what he did in the previous 60 games, that we we're starting to get a pretty serious sample size that will make teams say, "Hey, whoa, wait a minute here. This isn't just a fluke." there's something wrong here or there's something off that could hurt his value. So again, I'm not saying you go out and you do whatever you can to trade Mitch Haniger because you shouldn't. If you don't get the offer you want for Haniger, you keep him, you stick him out there in right field and you see what he can give you. And at the end of the day, you're not going to be a worse baseball team because Mitch Haniger is your right fielder. But this idea that, well, you have to keep him and then his value will go up. Maybe, it might get worse. And there's always this lingering thought in the back of Mariners fans' minds, well, they should sign him to an extension. They should have done that already. Why haven't they? It takes two to tango, right? I mean, the Mariners could want to sign Mitch Haniger. They could have approached Mitch Haniger and said, what do you think about this? What about this? If Mitch Haniger doesn't want to be here, he's not going to sign that extension. It's that simple. Now, I don't know that he doesn't want to be here. And neither do you. It doesn't matter what he says. He can go on, you know, 50, he can go on a radio tour and say how much he wants to be in Seattle. That's great. But if Seattle's offering him serious, you know, making him serious contract offers and he's saying no, well, the Mariners aren't going to come out and say, ah, oh, well, Mitch doesn't want to be here. That's why we're not getting it done. They're not going to throw their player under the bus. We don't know if Mitch Haniger wants to be a Seattle Mariner past, you know, the 2021, 2022 season which is when he would become a free agent. We don't know. We assume. We assume because a lot of players, they come to Seattle, they end up liking it. But we don't know. We do not know for sure. Nobody does except for Mitch and his wife. Other than that, we don't know if he wants to be here or not. 
And if he doesn't want to be here, and he's expressed that to the Mariners, then the Mariners should be looking at every opportunity to trade him if and when they get the offer they're looking for or something remotely close. And that's why you consider trading him. The other reason you consider trading him is that he's not controlled for five years, right? you got to think the Mariners are at least two years away from competing for anything of you know remote substance. Yes, they say they want to compete in 2021, uh, but what does competing really mean? Are we talking about they want to be a division, you know, a threat to the Astros or the Angels or the A's or whoever for the division in 2021? Is that what they mean by being competitive? What do they mean? Well, we just want to be back to where we were in 2018, which is an you know, 83 to 89 win team. That would be competitive. That would keep you in the wild card race for pretty much the entire year. Probably not win the wild card, but it would keep you in the race. And if that's the case, and 2022 is the first year where they think they can do damage and win 95-plus games, you're looking at Mitch Hanniger having one year of value to your team in that window. And if he doesn't want to be here, and you're not you're not seriously thinking that you can actually do damage in the playoffs until 2022. You need to consider trading him. You need to at least be open to that opportunity, open to that idea that maybe it makes more sense to trade Mitch Haniger for 95 cents on the dollar than it does to keep him around for so long to the point where I can only get 70 cents on the dollar, 50 cents on the dollar, 30 cents on the dollar. That makes sense? It's not a foregone conclusion that Mitch Haniger wants to be here. It's not a foregone conclusion that his market is going to be way less than it was last year because how could it be? How could Mitch Haniger's market be lower than one team with a serious interest and the one team not even make an offer that was anywhere close to what the Mariners were asking. Were the Mariners asking for too much? Maybe. They very well could have been. But that's their franchise player. Or that's how they that's how they viewed him last year. That's what they told us. Why would they trade him for anything less than what they want? Not last year. Not when he's got four years of club control left. Things change, guys. Things change very quick in Major League Baseball. The market today isn't what the market will be tomorrow and so on and so forth. Um, so just keep all those things in mind. Do I think the Mariners should have, trade, should have traded Mitch Haniger last year, last winter? No, because they did not get the offer they wanted. They were not going to take 60 cents on the dollar, and they weren't going to try and pigeonhole themselves to trading a guy who wasn't making any money just so they could say they traded him. A large factor of trading Gene Segura when his market was one team was, well, A, he's making money, right, $14, $15 million a year. B, Segura had clubhouse issues. Remember the fight he got into with D. Gordon? Remember how many times service threw him under the bus for not hustling and not playing through injuries? Segura had issues in the clubhouse. 
And so while his market was ultimately only one team as well, like Hanniger's, he was making money, and he was a headache. He was an expensive headache. Mitch Hanniger may not want may not want to be here long term, but he's not go. You know, nobody's throwing him under the bus. He's not getting in fights. He's not picking at his manager in the in the media, right? He's here. He's doing his job. He's doing it well, relatively well, and he's doing it cheap. So why would I treat him like I treat Gene Segura? It doesn't make sense. Now, as for the package that it would take to move uh, Mitch Haniger, um, you know, we talked about earlier in the podcast, I still think the Mariners are going to want that major league ready or major league established player. And I'm not talking about a star, right? I'm not saying that the Mariners are going to go, okay, well, Mitch Haniger, we want Jacob DeGrom and a prospect, right? That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, you know, hey, you have this, number four starter who's got you know three years of club control and he doesn't have much upside but you put him in there and then you give us a you know a b plus b level prospect can you throw in a noel v Marte type of prospect could you maybe do a a justice sheffield type of prospect um somebody who maybe doesn't have the highest ceiling in the world but is probably uh going to be a major leaguer could you do something like that? And then can you can you find us a, a Dom Thompson Williams type? And that's what I think it's I think that's what it would take for the Mariners. Um, the the uh, example I gave tonight when I was asked by an Atlanta Braves fan is I think that when you look at what the Braves have, they're not going to move Soroka, they're not going to move you know any of their guys who are in the big leagues and establish themselves in the big leagues. They're probably not going to do that for Hanager, but might they move a Kyle Wright who does have some major league seasoning, who has pitched in the high minors, still a highly touted prospect, has a really high floor, but he did struggle at the big league level. And there's at least some questions now. Could you get a Kyle Wright and a, I don't know, uh, you know, can you get Kyle Wright and a, uh, a, a Grayson Jensta. Uh, can you get a uh, can you get a Johan uh, Camargo? Kind of utility guy came off a bad year. Um, can you get can you get two of those? Can you get Wright and Johan Camargo? Because if you can, I think that's something Depoto does, or I think it's something he strongly considers. Um, you know and. We'll have no shortage of Mariner trade offers, um, you know, for Hanniger this winter. I'm sure it'll be a, a pretty popular topic on the website, SotoMojo.com. Um, we are going to do a collaboration with the Tampa Bay Rays uh, fan-sided page. It's called Rays Colored Glasses. Um, they we've 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 talked uh, in private, Twitter DMs and things like that, um, about a few players and. You know we're going to collab on that hopefully sometime next week where they'll propose a trade, we'll counter, and we'll write about it. And I think there's a good fit there with Tampa Bay. I really do. Um, Tampa Bay is a team I would watch if Hanniger is on the block this winter. Uh, I would also watch Atlanta. I would watch the Mets. I would watch uh, you know Cincinnati. And if all those teams are interested, Hanniger's market's going to be better than it was last year. So. We'll wait and see, but uh, thank you guys so much for indulging me on this random late-night podcast. 
Uh, like I said, I don't know how much of a uh, regular type of thing this will be, um, but it is a discussion that happened. Uh, I was quite interested in it. It was a fun conversation to take place on Twitter. I just kind of wanted to get my thoughts out there now, uh, today. So um, hope you guys enjoyed it. If you did, let me know. Um, this may be something, like I said, we bring into the rotation. Um, if you didn't enjoy the uh, enjoy the extra podcast this week, we will be back next week with uh, we'll be back next week with Ty, um, either Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday. Probably Thursday would be my guess, but we'll see. Um, we'll have a lot more to talk about. We're also hoping to have our off-season plan finalized um, by Monday. We want to have that article out to you guys. We're still working through that. There's a lot to do. But, again, thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes, including these random late-night episodes. So go ahead and, and uh, subscribe on whatever podcast uh, you know, whatever podcast platform you use. Um, do us a favor, guys. Go to sotomojo.com. Uh, you know, we have some good stuff up. This is kind of our, this is our Super Bowl, these three months where we get to talk about all these trades and free agents and all these ideas. It's going to be a lot of fun on the website. So go ahead and make, why don't you just go ahead and bookmark that, go on that daily. Uh, if you can follow us on Twitter at SotoMojoFS, we tweet out a lot of our articles. We tweet out a lot of our, um, a lot of our content and our podcast there as well. So you want up to the minute, you want to know when these new things drop. Follow us on Twitter. That's the best way to know right when things are are dropped. It's also where we make a lot of our site announcements, and we also um, have most of our interactions. So go ahead and follow us on Twitter, at SotoMojoFS. We're also on Facebook. Um, Facebook is, you know, something that we we struggle to get to sometimes. Um, you know, it's just it's not a platform that either Ty or, us, Ty or me use that often. Um, but... You know, if you get to us on Facebook, we will eventually see that, and we will eventually do what we can to accommodate you. Uh, but Twitter is the easiest way. Um, again, if you guys want to check out that uh, DK Metcalf video that I spent a good hour and a half on tonight, um, it's not going to be anything special, so please don't expect that. Uh, you can you can uh, Google you can YouTube it on uh, Mariner Mojo and find the channel and uh, watch it there. But uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Again, you know, go Mariners. I hope this was fun. It was an interesting experience for me. I wouldn't mind doing it again. Be, that's up to, uh, yeah, but the, <laughs> as I stumble through the end here, that's up to you guys. Let me know if you like this or not. But anyways, thank you so much for listening to the Soto Mojo podcast, and I will see you in another life.